spiritual growth. Uh, a very simple topic, but one that uh, is slowly uh, losing ground, I believe, in the body of Christ. And so uh, we want to... Uh, we want to bring more light to the subject because we need to grow up spiritually. Amen. Uh, go ahead and turn with me, if you will, to First Thessalonians chapter five. First Thessalonians chapter five. <clears throat> Father, I thank you for tonight. I thank you for the word. I thank you that we receive the word not as the word of man, uh, not as the word of Pastor Mark, but the word of God. That's what it is. And so we thank you that your word contains power. Your word contains life. Your word contains peace and we'll receive all those things tonight as we give attention to your word we have ears to hear uh father we thank you that we're attentive that we that our 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 hearts are open our minds are receptive to the word tonight and we will grow by it in jesus name and everyone said amen amen first thessalonians first thessalonians chapter five and verse 23 says now may the god of peace himself sanctify you completely Completely. So he's not just talking about parts. Well, we're thinking, okay, well, it's me. How can I be complete? Well, he goes on to say, and may your whole spirit, soul, and body be preserved blameless at the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. We saw this a couple of weeks ago. We'll do a recap like we usually do to get us caught up and, and get us in the mind of where we're going. That we are a three-part being. Uh, this is what we call the three-fold nature of of man. You are a spirit. You are not what you see on the outside. You are a spirit which you cannot see. It is invisible. It is not seen by the natural eye. But you are a spirit. You possess a soul. You possess a soul. And although you might hear some people try to use soul and spirit interchangeably, that's not a true statement. There are three distinct parts. So you are a spirit. You possess a soul. And you live in a body. This is what we live in. This is our natural house, okay? Uh, without the flesh, you can't be in the earth. Sometimes there's pastors that try to be more spiritual than natural, but if you don't take care of the natural, uh, then you will uh, leave this earth, and your spirit has no access in this realm without it. So we got to take care of all three parts. Remember this? We said last uh, time we were together that you can develop all three parts to a greater or lesser degree. I can develop my spirit to a greater or lesser degree. I can develop my soul to a greater or lesser degree. And I can develop my flesh to a greater or lesser degree. Now, what is the soul? Your soul is your mind, it's your will, and your emotions. I like to put it this way. Your, science is, your, your uh, soul is what you think, it's how you feel, and it's what you want to do. Your mind, what you think. Your uh, emotions is how you feel about something. And then your will is what you want to do. Remember Jesus, when he was praying uh, before he went to the cross, he said, not my will, but your will. So we all have a mind, an intellect, our natural ability to think. We have uh, our uh, emotions, which is how we feel. We shouldn't be led by our emotions, but we all have emotions, even Jesus has had emotions. He was moved by compassion. And then we all have a will. We have what we want to do. But we're going to talk about spiritual growth. And we're going to talk about how to develop spiritually. And um, so we wanted to take a look at this and go to Ephesians chapter 4. Go to Ephesians chapter 4 and uh, verse 11. We look at this verse quite a bit. <clears throat> Verse 11 says, And he himself gave some to be apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, and teachers. as the fivefold ministry gifts. What are they for? For the equipping of the saints for the work of ministry. So the pastors, the teachers, the prophets, the evangelists, the apostles, they are given to equip the saints to do something. Not to tell good stories so the saints can have a, re a reason and a means of justification. We are here to develop and grow you up for the equipping of the saints, for the work of ministry, for the edifying or the strengthening or the building up of the body of Christ till we all come to the unity of the faith 
and of the knowledge of the Son of God to a perfect man. That word right there scares a lot of people. A perfect man. I can't be perfect. Only Jesus was perfect. But that word perfect doesn't mean to never mess up or never make mistakes. That word perfect literally is translated mature. To be a mature man. To be a mature woman. To be a mature believer. Spiritually mature. That means you have grown out of immaturity to maturity. To be a perfect man to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ. Wow. That's what we're, that, that basically gives us a picture of what we're supposed to look like when we're fully mature, when we have fully grown. To the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ, that we should no longer be children. No longer be children. What does a child look like? Tossed to and fro, carried about with every wind of doctrine by the trickery of men and the cunning craftiness of deceitful plotting. But speaking the truth in love, May, what are that word? What are those two words? Grow up. That we may grow up in all things, not in some things. Well, I'm real good at faith, but I don't really have that prayer thing down. I'm real good at, uh, you know, uh, uh, you know uh, believing God financially, but I don't really have that love walk thing down. No, it says to grow up in all things. We don't just become good at one thing. Grow up in all things into him who is the head Christ from whom the whole body, joined and knit together by what every joint supplies, according to the effective working by which every part does its share, watch this, causes growth of the body for the edifying of itself in love. Look at this. Our individual growth helps us achieve overall growth. We've been talking on Sundays about working together, finding our fit in the body of Christ. And when you mature as an individual, you help the whole body, the whole church mature. We talked about this uh, a couple weeks ago when we introduced this, and we said it would be terrible if my body matured uh, to the, the, the almost 30-year-old person that I am, but my left arm decided to remain a baby arm. Wouldn't that be a problem? Yeah, we all smile, we all laugh, because that's silly. But yet, that's what we have sometimes in the body of Christ when we, when we don't take on the responsibility, responsibility of individually growing up. We, when, when, when you do not drive yourself and push yourself to grow up spiritually, it does not help the overall growth of the body. So there's a responsibility that we have to help the entire body grow up Spiritually, because we don't want to be have a mature 90% and then an immature 10%. Does that make sense? So we see here that our individual responsibility to grow up spiritually helps the overall growth of the body. Last time we were together, we talked about uh, don't just grow old, grow up. And here's the thing about growing up, growing old versus growing up. Growing old is inevitable. It's going to happen. How much you, however much you want to fight it, however many creams you want to put on your face, and however many surgeries you want to go through, you will grow old. But growing up is optional. Growing old is inevitable. Growing up is optional. And this isn't just physically speaking. This is spiritually speaking. Some people are just spiritually old, but have, they have never spiritually grown up. I've been going to church for 25 years. Well, you still haven't figured out how to walk in love. Oh, I've been going to church since I was a little baby. My parents raised me in church. Well, you still haven't figured out how to sow and tithe into your church and, and be blessed financially. We've just grown old in church. And there are some people that that's all they're doing in life, physically and spiritually, just growing old and just waiting for the day to go somewhere else. Just waiting for spiritual retirement. Well, there is no spiritual retirement. So uh, along with growing old, we had better be growing up. But growing up is optional. You know what that means? That means if you're going to grow up, it's going to be by deliberate and purposeful choices that you make in your life. Period. You don't grow up by accident. Nothing develops in our lives, spiritually, emotionally, physically, mentally. No, nothing about you develops by accident. 
It only develops by purpose. That means we have to be purposeful to give that kind of attention to it. We talked about, uh, you know, when a baby is born, you don't leave a baby in the hospital. You don't take a bottle and place it in there. Uh, you know, their little uh, cubby thing and say, all right, there you go, have fun. No, we got to get it in the right atmosphere, in the right environment, and then we have to give it the right attention. Babies need a lot of attention. In the first early stages, you have to give them a lot of attention. They eat a lot more often. Sometimes you got to wake up in the middle of the night and you can't say, oh, just go back to bed. We'll take care of it in the morning because they ain't going back to bed. They want their food. They want it now. That's what babies do. So we have to give them the proper attention. Why? So they can properly develop because nothing develops without giving it proper attention. Plants don't grow without proper attention. Trees don't grow without proper attention. Your mind doesn't grow without proper attention. No one just says, wow, I just accidentally made it into college. I accidentally uh, got an A on my math test. doesn't happen that way. If you accidentally got an A, you probably got a help from somewhere. Somebody gave you a curve or you heard it somewhere. There was some kind of purposeful decision that was put in place. Either that or you're only taking a test based upon what you already knew and you didn't expand yourself anymore. So you really didn't develop. Development only takes, takes place by purpose and on purpose. And by giving it proper attention. So we want to take a look at this. Tonight, uh, tonight's message is titled, Don't Be a Baby. Don't be a baby. And I'll tell you what, baby Christians are awesome. And we're going to talk about why babies are awesome. Because how many of you would agree that babies are awesome? We all love babies. Don't, don't even try to deny it. Man, I don't really care. Whatever. You get around a baby and they're laughing and giggling and they're doing all the funny stuff they're doing. You love babies. And they love you. Babies are great. But we want to grow out of that stage. But there's some awesome things about babies. You know, babies get excited about anything. Babies get excited just about anything. I don't even want to think about the day that I can't do some of the stuff with Camden that makes him laugh today. Because one day, the stuff that makes him laugh today, he's going to look at me and say, Dad, that's stupid. I remember probably maybe six, eight months ago, I don't even remember where it came from, but the word Digimon, just me saying Digimon, 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 made him crack up so he could hardly breathe. Now, one day, he's going to be too old for that. And I'm going to say that to him. And he's going to say, just give me the keys to the car, Dad. What's the problem? What, what is Digimon? That doesn't even mean anything. Can you, give me the, can you give me some gas money and give me some money for tonight and give me the, the keys? I'll see you later. But when they're babies, man, they get excited about anything. I can repeat the same thing over and over. You know, there's things that when we first got born again that excited us that now today it's like, uh, when God would meet the simplest need in our life, and we're just simple baby, wow, God would actually help me get $20 for, wow. But, and then we grow up, and it's like, whatever. Who needs, I, I can get 20 bucks easy, that's nothing. What is it? What, we grow out of the baby stage. There's some things in the young baby childhood stage that we don't need to shed off, that we need to remain in, and that we need to keep and excitement about. I tell you, there, there are some people that have been born again for two years that I'd rather be around rather than people that have been born again for 20. We get these people that they've been uh, spirit-filled for 20, 25, 30 years, been in church, and all I hear from them is prayer requests. But the brand new ones, they're just calling me up with testimonies. God did this, and God did this, and God did that. It's like as we get older, we forget that God used to do all those things when we were younger, there's some things that we need to remain excited about, some things that we need to shut off, because you know what? Babies and children, they don't care. They don't care uh, where the money's coming from. They don't care if the money's in the account to run by McDonald's and get, get some chicken nuggets on the way home. They don't, Camden doesn't ask me, hey, Dad, do we have enough money to get McDonald's? He just says, food, 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 chicken, chicken, chicken. That's all he says. 
Hey, Dad, are we going to make it home? Is there enough gas in the car? Do we have enough gas to, to run by Chick-fil-A? No, he's not asking those questions. But we get older and we carry those weights. And so we don't think about that. We, our minds are bogged down with that. And we can't be excited and have the same excitement that we had when we were kids. Go to, um, uh, let's do John chapter 3. John chapter 3. Spiritual growth, man. Th- this is one of my favorite subjects. I taught this in our Bible school down in St. Augustine Kingdom Institute. I, I taught uh, on this subject in different life classes and stuff like that. And it's just something that's always grabbed me because, uh, you know, this is something that's always bothered me. Uh, today, there's a huge presence for getting people saved and born again and we got 3,018 people saved today. And my question is, where are they going to church tomorrow? That's the question I have. We just gave birth to a bunch of babies, and we're leaving them in the hospital. We need to do something with them. Something that always bothered me was something that I think is worse than never accepting Jesus and not making it to heaven. To me is making it to heaven and realizing I could have done so much more with my time on earth. Now, I'm not going to say that, you know, dying and go to hell is not the worst thing, but there's more. There's more. Well, this isn't a free ticket out of a a lake of fire. Uh, This isn't a free pass to Golden Streets. This isn't, all right, I said a prayer. Let's just, you know, wait for this heaven thing to happen. When's that rapture coming? Which probably not even going to happen in your lifetime anyways. You know how long they've been saying the end is here? Peter and Paul wrote that. Jesus wrote that. The signs of the times, yeah, we've been talking about signs of the times for over 2,000 years now. It's going to be the signs of the times for a long time. It's going to get a lot worse than it is today. Yeah, we're seeing a lot of stuff happen today that you're thinking, wow, the end must be near, but your kids are going to see stuff that's going to make you Make your jaw drop. I mean, my parents' jaw is dropping compared to the stuff they saw in the 60s and 70s. And there's some terrible stuff that happened back then. I mean, in the 60s, we had three huge uh, people shot down, assassinated. Two Kennedys and and a Martin Luther King in one decade. Now we've got guys going into elementary schools with weapons. I mean, it's crazy stuff that's happened. The Bible says that uh, sin will invent new ways to sin. They'll just keep getting more and more creative. So the end is coming. The, the thing is we need to focus on is what can I do with my time right now? But a baby can't do as much as an adult can. Okay? If you just want to give entertainment and make, you know, uh, more spiritually, uh, you know, older people laugh at you and, and, and the silly things you do, that's one thing, but there's, there is a responsibility to grow up and to develop as a child, develop as a teenager, develop as an adult. And every stage has good and every stage has bad. Every stage you learn something that you can use in the next stage, but every stage has something that we got to let go of this before we get to the next stage. Okay, so we got to look at this. And in John chapter 3, verse 1, we look at this conversation with Jesus and a man named Nicodemus. There was a man of the Pharisees named Nicodemus, a ruler of the Jews. This man came to Jesus by night and said to him, Rabbi, we know that you are a teacher come from God. For no one can do these signs that you do unless God is with him. Jesus Jesus answered and said to him, Most assuredly, I say to you, unless one is born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. Nicodemus said to him, How can a man be born When he is old, can he enter a second time into his mother's womb and be born? Jesus answered, most assuredly, I say to you, unless one is born of water and the spirit, he cannot enter the kingdom of God. That which is born of the flesh is flesh. That which is born of the spirit is spirit. Do not marvel that I said to you, you must be born again. The wind blows where it wishes and you hear the sound of it, but cannot tell where it comes from and where it goes. So is everyone who is born of the spirit. Jesus is talking about your initial salvation experience coming into the kingdom of God. And he uses a term that we're all used to hearing in the natural, born, born. Well, nobody is born naturally as an adult. We're all born at the same stage, the same level, 
same capabilities and same incapabilities. Everybody. And so it goes the same way being born again spiritually. We're all born on the same level. No one is born spiritually an adult. I don't care how much you studied the Bible before you came into the kingdom. You just started all over when you got born again spiritually. You just began the whole process out just like everybody else on the same level, the same playing field with the same abilities and the same inabilities, just as everybody else. We are born again, which shows us that when someone comes into the kingdom, they are a baby, period. That's not, uh, you know, that's not knocking anybody. Well, man, I, I just got saved last weekend. You're a baby. But we don't want to stay a baby. We don't want to stay a baby. We want to develop. But today we want to look at the baby slash childhood stage. Uh, because, again, like I said, there's good things and there's bad things. We want to look at each stage. We're going to be breaking these down. We'll look at the adolescent, teenage stage. And then we'll look at the adulthood stage. And look, there's even things as adults that are bad if we don't shed them off. There are some adults that think they've arrived and I can't be teachable anymore. We've got to learn how to remain teachable. So we want to take a look at each of these stages. Look at Hebrews chapter 5. Hebrews chapter 5. And as we go through this, you're going to see a common theme that keeps getting brought up here with these writers uh, that they're looking at with these baby Christians. And in Hebrews chapter 5, and verse 12, it says, For though by this time you ought to be teachers, you need someone to teach you again the first principles of the oracles of God. And you have come to need milk and not solid food. For everyone who partakes only of milk is unskilled in the word of righteousness, for he is a babe. But solid food belongs to those who are of full age. That is, those who by reason of use have their senses exercised to discern both good and evil. So let's break this down. The writer of Hebrews, we're not sure who that is. Many believe it was Paul, is saying to these Hebrew people, to the Hebrew church, you should be at a level where you should be able to to teach and help others. But I've come back to find out that really you still need to be taught the first principles. We got to go back to the elementary stuff. We got to go back to the basics. Notice how when he is talking about a baby Christian and even an adult Christian, he points out their diet. What is a diet? A diet is an intake necessary for development. In fact, people go on specific diets to develop specific things. Okay? If you want to develop greater muscle, you want to go on a high-protein diet. If you need a lot of energy, uh, if you're doing something like that, that you're burning off a lot, then uh, you're, you're involved in a type of work that you're burning off a lot, you want to go into a, a high-carb diet. You have diets that go towards specific development. And notice here that he's pointing out that there is a specific diet for babies and there's a specific diet for mature, full-age believers. So the first thing he points out is the diet, the intake. What are you taking in that's going to help you develop? And notice that each diet is accustomed to each level. And if you try to cross the diets, we're going to have a deficiency somewhere. If you try to give a baby solid food, we're going to have a problem. If you try to only live off of milk as an adult, you're going to have a problem. So there's a specific diet for the specific level that you're at in your maturity, in your development, in this spiritual growth process. And he's saying here that babies are to take of what? Milk. Uh, Jimmy, if we could put up the New Living Translation version of Hebrews chapter 5. Verse 12, it says, uh, for though by this time 
There we go. You have been believers so long now that you ought to be teaching others. Notice how he's actually able to point out by time reference. Now, spiritual maturity and spiritual growth is not limited to time, and it's not, you know, in three years you should be mature or in two years. But we do have a good ballpark from the next passage we're going to look at in 1 Corinthians chapter 3, where Paul planted the church in Corinth. And he planted the church and then left it to another guy named Apollos. And then he comes back. And in 1 Corinthians chapter 3, he says, you ought to, uh, kind of the same talk here. That's why a lot of them believe that it was Paul, because the writings look similar to other passages that he wrote. But kind of the same dialogue. You should be at this level, but you're only at this level. Well, from the time frame from history, how long we know it was between the time that Paul planted the church at Corinth and the time that he came back, it was between four and seven years. So we can make this assumption, naturally speaking, that a new believer uh, should be at a mature level within four to seven years. You can obtain a spiritual maturity within that natural time frame. But it's not a certain time. We can't say, hey, we're going to celebrate your second spiritual birthday and you should be at this level today. It doesn't work that way. It's dependent on how much attention you give to it. If you leave a child unattended, in two years, we might be celebrating a second birthday, but they might not be at that level. They, they might, they might, there might be things they need to be doing by the age two that they might not be able to do. Well, how come this baby doesn't know how to hold a bottle? How come this baby doesn't know how to eat with a fork and spoon yet? Oh, we never gave them that attention. We never taught them that based on development. So time frame doesn't mean anything. But he is pointing out here in Hebrews chapter 5, you've been believers for so long now that you ought to be teaching others. He's, so, he's saying, look, there's a natural time frame that if you were doing what you were supposed to doing in this time frame, we should be able to do this. But you're not. Instead, you need someone to teach you again the basic things about God's word. The basic things. You are like babies who need milk and cannot eat solid food. Now, now we've broken this down into milk and meat. Milk and meat. One book. This right here will be your diet for the rest of your life. But what you get out of it depends on your spiritual maturity level. If you want to stay a baby, then you will stay at the milk level of the word. But if we want to grow up, then we can begin to take on solid food, he calls it. I heard someone say once that the New Testament is milk and the Old Testament is meat. That's not true. Because the, the, the Old Testament is harder to, true, harder to chew and harder to understand. and That's not true. It, it's all, it, there's milk and meat mixed all into this thing. Okay? And what you get out of it depends on your spiritual level of maturity, of growth. And so he says that you've been believers for so long, we should be teaching. Instead, you still need milk. You still need someone to teach you. How do you take your diet? Through education. Through education. Education is how we grow. Teaching is how we grow. A, a, a new believer that doesn't want to be taught, a, no, a new believer that doesn't want to hook up with the church, a new believer that doesn't want to read the Bible, they won't grow. We're not given the attention. We're not given the attention. We're not learning how to eat with, eat with a fork and a spoon. We're not learning how to be potty trained. We're not learning how to uh, you know, begin to say words, the development that's required, because we don't want to be teachable, because we don't want to be educated education is key at the childhood stage of growth and you'll find that it's key through all of them but primarily here you have to be taught you have to be taught there are things today as an adult that i can teach myself in one sense that when i was a child i couldn't teach myself so we have to be taught Education is key to spiritual growth, spiritual maturity. 
developing. So this is the diet, and the way that you take your diet is through education, and is through, it's through teaching. And you can always expand your teaching. I mentioned just a minute ago that down in St. Augustine, we have a, a three-year Bible program now called Kingdom Institute. What is that? That's the meat of the word. One, it's not for new believers because you, you, you can't take meat through a straw. You can't take it. You got to chew that stuff. So what do we need? We, we need people that have been, uh, you know, in the kingdom and have been walking at a certain level for a period of time. Now, you know what? In today's day and age, we don't like all that separation and how are you going to tell me I can't do this? The Bible, I, I can read the Bible anytime. Yeah, but what you spiritually get out of it is dependent on how much you give to it. If you're not willing to pay the price, I ministered on this in a Full Force Kingdom Conference, if you're not willing to pay the price to get more knowledge, you're not going to get more knowledge. Even Jesus said, do not cast your pearls before swine. If you're not going to go to kindergarten, you're not going to the first grade. If you don't get down 2 plus 2, you're not learning X plus Y equals Z. What's that called? Development. And so you have to be educated on your level. You have a diet that you need to take at the different stages in life. I mean, what, what kind of milk is it that babies cannot have for like the first six months? Cow's milk. I just remember Camden couldn't have a certain kind of milk couldn't have you know don't give him ice cream yet why because he's not developmentally there to take in that kind of diet now the kid drinks what eats whatever man he was sipping on my coffee earlier let's let's all stretch our hands and pray for the teacher <laughs> yeah he was drinking it and loving it yep good kid takes right after his dad that's for sure so education is key at this development. And the level of education, which is your diet, because we're not literally eating spiritual food. The spiritual food is the word of God. What did Jesus say? A man does not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. This is our daily bread. Your daily bread is what you spiritually eat. But we all can't take the same diet. We all can't take the same teaching i tell you right now you being here uh tonight on a wednesday night you have paid a higher price than you probably would just showing up on a weekend we call them weekend warriors right those are our weekend warriors oh you're differentiating because you think you're better because you show up on wednesday no i'm just saying you've probably paid a higher price to be here who's got to work tomorrow who worked today who's got to get kids ready for tomorrow who had kids today who had to do homework real quick? Who had to, who's got to go home and take baths? Who had to make dinner real quick? If you didn't raise your hand on the bath question, I will allow the other person to scoot over one seat or move up one row. What am I saying? You've got to pay a price, and you've got to go in order. There's no skipping. Well, I want to go to fifth grade this year. Next year, I'll do first grade. Take a break off. Take a, take a year off. No. You're going to have a hard time sitting in fifth grade class if you ain't done first and second and third and fourth. Develop in the proper order. Amen? 1 Corinthians chapter 3. Education is key. Education is your diet. But man, I tell you, when you pay the price, that revelation, man, when, when you've gone in order, and then you're at that level, man, I want to. I can give more time. I can show up on a Sunday night for four straight hours and just hear the word in a classroom type session. Boy, it'll blow your mind. Why? Because you've paid the price. The revelation will show up. 1 Corinthians chapter 3, this is what we were talking about a second ago. Verse 1, and I, brethren, Paul speaking, could not speak to you. He couldn't even speak to them as spiritual people, but as to carnal. Now let me explain carnal real quick, because carnal is not a bad word. Carnal is not a bad word. Well, he's just carnal. Carnal means baby Christian. What is a carnal Christian? 
A carnal Christian is one that has not quite developed self-control. What is the difference between maturity and immaturity? Uh, Maturity means you can do it without someone else helping you. Simply what that means. Means you should be able to make the decision without someone watching over you or without someone telling you to do it. A six-year-old shouldn't have to be told, keep your room clean. They ought to be mature enough at that level to keep their room clean. But now at a younger age, maybe three, four, five, we're still trying to develop. Hey, remember, you got to keep your room clean. A 15-year-old definitely should not have to be told, keep your room clean. We ain't got it down by 15. You're immature. Camden, if he goes to the side of the road, he's two years old. If he's not going to know, don't cross the road. He's going to see something across the street and boom, he's going to book it. Immaturity. But an adult, I should not have to walk you to the road and say, all right, now let's wait for the cars. Look left and look right. I shouldn't have to say that because you are mature. Not immature. Maturity means I can do it without someone telling me. Now, here's the thing. We always have someone that's ready to tell us. He lives right in here, and his name's the Holy Spirit. But if we're only at a level where I've got to call the pastor every time I feel like doing this, or uh, if the pastor's not around, then I I can't restrain myself, or if another godly believer that's older than me and more developed spiritually, you know, if I don't have them around, then I just can't seem to, and we're still immature. That's all it is. And a carnal Christian is just one that has not developed to that maturity level. It's basically he's saying, you're still baby Christians. And we keep on going, and that's what he says. That's what he says. People, but as to carnal, not spiritual, as to babes in Christ. He's saying, look, you're still in Christ. You're still a Christian. You're still a believer. But we haven't developed beyond babyhood, beyond our baby childhood Stage. There's still some maturity that needs to take place. I fed you with milk and not with solid food. Good job, Paul. Good job for not giving them solid food when they're still babies. But watch what he says here. For until now you were not able to receive it, and even now you are still not able. He's saying you should be able to be able to take this stuff right now. I should be able to come back and... Chop off a big old chunk of steak and stuff it in your mouth and you can't take it. We're still working on the milk. We're still taking the bottle. Don't be a baby. I fed you with milk, not with solid food. For now you were not able, uh, then you weren't uh, able to take it and even now you're not, verse 3. For you are still carnal. And then he points out where they're still carnal at. Where there's envy strife, and division among you? Are you not carnal and behaving like mere men? Mere men meaning, do you not just look like the rest of the world? Do you, just, do you not just look like everybody else? Envying, strife, and divisions. And he's talking to a church. He's not, he didn't walk in a bar and say, look, he's not talking to the world He's not talking to lost people. He's not talking to unbelievers. He's talking to saved believers, born-again Christians, and saying, you're still at this level. We need to be at this level. I should be able to give you the meat of the word. And why do you need the meat? So then you can, in turn, teach others, like like the writer said in Hebrews chapter 5. You should be able to teach others. Others, notice how a baby can help nobody. If you're drowning, don't ask a baby to help you. If you're going down, if you're in a burning burning house that's caught on fire, baby, reach your hand and pull me. It ain't happening. They're a baby. They are powerless. Babies can't help you. So what's the goal? We need to be developed. We need to be growing so that we can help others, teach others, lead others, 
guide others. Don't be a blind leading the blind. Be light in darkness. And so we have to grow up. 1 Peter chapter 2. 1 Peter chapter 2. So, so far we've seen in Hebrews chapter 5 and 1 Corinthians chapter 3 that uh, it, 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 there's a capability, there's a capacity that we should be developing to. There's a capacity of learning. There's a capacity of understanding. There's a capacity of revelation. There's a capacity of wisdom that we should be able to take in with a different diet than what we were when we began. Look, our goal is always to desire to grow and learn more. That should be the, the desire of every believer for the rest of your life. Don't ever get to a level where I don't desire anymore, I don't want to grow anymore, I'm all right where I'm at. Because then what are we doing? We're just growing old and we're not growing up. We've got to grow up. 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 2. So how do we grow up? How do we develop? As newborn babes desire the pure milk of the word that you may grow thereby. If indeed you have tasted that the Lord is gracious. Babies need milk. Period. They need milk. If you are working with a newborn believer, and let me just tell you right now, it's our responsibility as believers when we see new believers in our church or at our workplace that we need to guard them and protect them. Take them under, teach them, but don't give them meat. Don't give them meat. Don't, don't sit them down and say, all right, we're going we're gonna to do a study on Revelations tonight. You ready? Let's do a Bible study. No, what is that? That's meat. Let's just get down the basics. Do you know how to walk by faith? Because the Bible says that the just shall live by faith. Let's work on living by faith. What is faith? Hebrews, in the passage that we read, it continues on in chapter 6, and he calls those the elementary principles. Elementary, foundational. Let's get the foundations. Who's the Trinity? Jesus, the Son of God. Who's the Holy Spirit? What does it mean to be uh, filled with the Holy Spirit with the evidence of speaking in tongues? Let's get the foundational stuff down before we try to start moving on to the, the non-gifts of the Spirit and you know, the 27 different ways. Forget all that. Let's stay foundational. What, with what? The milk of the word. Milk is easy. And I'll tell you right now, I love milk. And I still drink milk today. As we grow older, spiritually, and as we grow up, spiritually, you don't get away from the elementary truths. You don't forsake the foundations you you just add that to your new diet more developed more to chew but i still take the milk of the word i still i still take the stuff that got me to this level that's still part of my core diet amen as newborn babes now let's break this down desire the pure milk of the word i've had people ask me how how, how can I just start reading my Bible? You know, I just, I want to read my Bible. I, I want to, I want to, uh, you know, I don't know where to start. I don't know how to, you know, how long do I read for? What, what should I open up? What should I read? And I always have the same answer. It's very simple. Just read it. Just read it. It says here, desire the pure milk of the word that you may grow thereby. Verse 3, if indeed you have tasted that the Lord is gracious. A hunger for God's word only comes by getting in God's word. There is nothing I can tell you that'll make you love the word of God and want to go home and just read it all night long. There's nothing I can do. Sorry, there's no magic button. Can't give you a little pill or can't, you know, pray a special prayer and have you shake and fall on the ground and you're going to wake up and I just want to read the Bible. I don't know what it is. No, a hunger for God's word only comes by getting in God's word. You know what? I, today, I love ice cream. Any ice cream lovers? 
I love ice cream. You know why I eat ice cream and love ice cream today? Because when I was a little kid, somebody gave me ice cream once, and I tasted it and said, that's really good. I want more of that. It's as simple as that. No one conned me into it. No one had to trick me. No one forced, eat this now. I just, I tried it. I tasted it. What does the Bible say? Taste and see that the Lord is good. Just start reading your Bible. We have daily Bible reading plans for the entire year. I mean, that makes it simple. Because one of the biggest questions is, where do I start? What should I read? And I always say Ephesians, man. If Ephesians doesn't get you jacked excited, you might need to get saved again. Ephesians is awesome. Ephesians, the first three chapters are who you are, and then the last three chapters are what you do. Very simple. Six chapters. It tells you what to do as a child. It tells you what to do as a husband. It tells you what to do as a wife. It tells you what to do as an employee. It tells you what to do as an employer. Tells you to put on the full armor of God. Tells you that you are seated with him in heavenly places. Tells you that you have all spiritual blessings in heavenly I mean, if you can't get jacked off of that, that's what every new believer needs to read. But then we have daily Bible reading plans, and it tells you what to read. It's not hard. And once you start loving the word, it gets hard to put it down. It gets hard to stop. Why? Because there's a hunger that results because you've tasted it and said, wow, that, that's really good. And I'll, I'll say this too, just to go ahead and put it out there. Your flesh hates it. In fact, your flesh hates everything about God. Your flesh doesn't want to go to church. Your flesh doesn't want to pray. Your flesh doesn't want to read the Bible. Your flesh doesn't want to witness to others. Your flesh doesn't want to pray for others. Your flesh doesn't want to grow spiritually. Your flesh doesn't want any of that. The Bible says in Romans chapter 8 that your flesh and your spirit, they war constantly. Your flesh is enmity, is an enemy of God and everything that God wants. Period. So don't try to get your flesh to like it. You just tell your flesh to shut up and sit down. We're growing spiritually. I'm going to develop my spirit man so much that you won't have a voice in my life any longer. That's all it is. Spiritual growth is this. Getting your spirit man stronger than your flesh. That's all it is. Getting your spirit man stronger than the outside flesh suit. I like to put it this way. As believers, and we, when we talked about kingdom mind renewal, this comes up because you don't renew, you, you don't grow spiritually without renewing your mind. Romans chapter 12, you have to renew your mind daily, constantly renewing your mind. What, do we, what does that mean? That means get your mind caught up with who you already are spiritually. Every time you come to church, every time you hear a pastor preach, every time you listen to a a, a, a sermon online, every time you listen to an MP3, every time you watch a pastor on TV, every time you turn on the, the God channel or whatever's out there, every, every time you put yourself in front of the Bible, here's what you're doing. You are just cluing in your mind to who you already are spiritually. We said this a couple weeks ago when we introduced this. Salvation is an event. What's an event? You can mark it down. You can write it down. Uh, you, you know the exact day. You know the exact place. You know who you were with. You know where you were at. But spiritual growth is a process. Salvation is an event, but spiritual growth is a process. Salvation, instantaneous, immediately. 2 Corinthians 5.17 says, that we are a new creature in Christ. Old things have passed away. Old things have passed away spiritually, but we still have this flesh stuff to deal with. So now what we're doing is spiritual growth is getting the spirit man stronger than the flesh so that all the old stuff that our flesh wants to hold on to, those desires go away. But here's the problem. Whatever you feed the most gets stronger. 
Whatever you feed the most gets stronger. That's why we're talking about diet. That's why we're talking about intake. And we've got Christians, we've got believers that, are, uh, that have a spiritual deficiency in their diet. But flesh, they're, they're still adding to, they're still building up, and, and, and they're still taking in a diet and an intake in their flesh side where their flesh is stronger than their spirit man. And so we have to get this switched around. Let's keep going here. Uh, the, the last thing we looked at was a hunger for God's word only comes by getting in God's word. Look, you're not even automatically given a desire for God's word. You notice how kids, uh, you know, most of them don't want to go to school. There's no desire there. Now, for some kids, you know, they love school, maybe for different reasons. But most kids, if you ask them what their favorite subject is, they say recess. Recess or PE. What? I'm doing physical activity. I'm not learning anything. I'm not going to sit in the classroom. The main reason the kids go to school is not even why they like it. So what are we looking at? There uh, is not a natural automatic desire that comes as a baby Christian to just all of a sudden want to start getting in the Word. Now, yeah, there might be some general excitement at first, and you have to cultivate that. And people know that, you know what, there's a development that's taking place in my life, and, and, and I'm excited about that, and I'm excited about what God's doing in my life, but that doesn't just breed itself. You have to keep ma- doing what? Making those purposeful decisions, purposeful choices to develop and grow. Let's look at a few things about babies and children. We'll wrap this up. One, babies are powerless, and they're easily told what to do. Christians, as new believers, are powerless, not in the sense that you don't have power in Christ, but knowledge is power. Anyone ever heard that before? Knowledge is power, and you only have power as far as you know. You can only walk in power as far as you know. So as baby Christians, we need to gain more knowledge so we can walk in more power, but also so we're not easily told what to do. And look at this. I'm not just talking about being told what to do by the world. The Bible very clearly talks about false teachers, false prophets that will come. And what do babies look like? Anything goes in, man. They don't care. You ever seen a baby bird? You can throw anything in there. They will eat anything. Why? We don't have a filter yet. We don't have a a, a thought process of, hmm, I wonder if that's in the Bible. We just hear it as a newborn, excited believer about the things of God and say, wow, that's awesome. You mean I I don't ever have to repent of my sins? Wow, this is, God is good. That's, That's awesome. God's grace is wonderful. When that's not a true statement at all. A mature believer is one that goes back and says, you know what, I need to study this out more. I need to take a look at that. I don't know if that's what my Bible says. But man, baby Christians, they're easily told and easily influenced. Uh, Ephesians chapter 4 that we just saw said, do not be children, what? Tossed to and fro with every wind of doctrine. Here's what it does not say. A child is tossed to and fro by every wind of false doctrine. In our world today, Christianity has over 500 denominations just in Christianity. We looked at it before. That means that there are people, there are 500 different types of people that see this one book 500 different ways. A wind of doctrine doesn't have to just be a false doctrine. There's a wind of doctrine that says the Holy Spirit's not for today. There's a wind of doctrine that says uh, healing is not for today. Doesn't have to just be false doctrine. There's plenty of false doctrine. I just told you one from the grace message where I don't have to repent of my sins any longer, that all of Christ's work is already complete. I don't have to have a repentant heart and ask for forgiveness. There's also another false doctrine out there that says that everybody on the face of the planet is already going to heaven. 
and nobody else is going to hell. It's called the doctrine of inclusion. You're already included. It's out there. Very well-known Christian pastor got that idea. Guy that I was raised up on. There's winds of false doctrine, but there's also winds of doctrine. Do not be a child. Do not be one that just says, just hears. Because the Bible says that there will be those in the end days, in the end times, that they'll have itching ears. They just want their ears tickled. Just tell me something new. Tell me something fresh. You know what I loved about the Full Force Kingdom Conference? Was I heard ministers minister on subjects that I've heard all my entire life. But it was fresh in and of itself. I didn't have to hear something new. See, I don't turn it off when someone says, all right, tonight we're going to talk about faith. Faith again. Vegetables again. Lasagna again. Isn't that what kids do? I want something new. I want something different. I had a cheeseburger last night. Well, guess what? The same cheeseburger you had last night is the same cheeseburger that can help you tonight. The same faith message I heard 20 years ago is the same faith message that can help me today. I don't need a new topic, a new doctrine, a new subject. But there are those that they'll have itching ears. So babies are powerless, easily told what to do. They receive and accept Anything. We have to help guard these new believers. When they start talking about that stuff, you as a mature believer need to, you need to catch that. Say, whoa, 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 did you, did you look that up in the Bible? Did you see that in the Bible? I mean, if you saw a child was doing a math test, they put 2 plus 2 is 6. Oh, wow, 2 plus 2 equals 6. It also equals 4. That's awesome. That's how you get denominations. Oh, the Holy Spirit's for today. Oh, the Holy Spirit's not for today. We agree to disagree. You do your thing, we do our thing. You got a name? We got a name. It's just a bunch of names. But no, as mature believers, we look at that and say, no, two plus two is four. Did you study that out? Did you look at that? Here, let me show you. Because two plus two is always four. You can't change that. It's never five, never six, never anything else. So let's get the foundations right. Hey, I was watching this guy on TV. There's a guy on TV. Did, did, did you look that up with the Bible? No, we got to confirm it with the word of God. Number two, babies will say and do anything. Babies will say and do anything. They will speak out of their mouth regardless of what the Bible says about it. You know that babies and children, they're easily moved by their feelings. They will tell you what they want to and what they don't want to do all the time. All the time. Anybody know any adults like that? Don't raise your hands because you're probably talking about your spouse. That's all right. (laughs) Must learn. Babies must learn. What part of our development is we must learn to speak only in line with what the Bible says. Now, babies, uh, babies and children, one of the first areas that you raise them and develop them in is in their speech. And when they're children, they will say anything. And when they get a little older, they will tell you uh, how they feel, regardless of what's going on. Well, baby Christians do the same thing. Nah, I just, I don't know, man, this headache's just, I don't know if I can beat this headache. But as we grow up, we learn to speak against that. We learn to speak against those things. Man, there, there's no, I don't get paid till Friday. I, my bill's due tomorrow. There's no way I'm going to make it. No, we got to speak in line with the word. A mature believer knows how to speak in line only with what the Bible says. Jesus says, I only speak what I hear my father say. And he was mature. So we're not moved by how we feel. Also, we uh, learn to do without being told what to do. That was one thing we talked about with immaturity. We got to get out of having to be told to do it. Well, I'll just, you know, because you got someone on the inside. You know, I tell people when I meet with them about a certain thing that we see going on because correction 
is part of development. Anyone ever corrected a child before? Yeah, they need a lot of correction. And as we're growing, we need correction. The Bible says in 2 Timothy that this is good for rebuke, reproof, correction, doctrine. That's what this is for. And so when that correction comes, when, when I'm giving that correction to you in the natural, I always start out with this. Now, there's someone on the inside that's already been telling you about this thing way before I showed up. And I'm only here because you didn't listen to that one. I'm here in front of you in the flesh tell, telling you and correcting you on this thing because you didn't listen to the Holy Spirit who's been telling you the whole time. So we have to make sure uh, as newborn believers and when we see newborn believers that don't get them in a rut of only doing when being told to do. Because see, when I tell you to clean your room, I'm doing that so you develop a habit to know I need to keep my room clean. I don't need to wait for my mom or dad to come in and see my room and tell me to clean it. Something should be getting developed that says, you know what, I need to clean my room. And you know what? That shows maturity. Son, you're growing up. You're growing up because you made that decision all by yourself. I'm proud of you. You're maturing. And the last thing, babies and children, and this is sad, they're a product of their environment. Environment's huge, man. What they're hearing is huge. What they're around is huge. What they see is huge. Those are called gates. Your eyes, your ears, your emotions, those are gates. You leave those gates open, you end up feeding the wrong. You end up giving attention to the wrong side. The flesh versus the spirit. We're a product of our environment. You can tell children that are raised in a night, a, a neat, tidy, clean home that's very direct, and you can tell ones. I mean, y you can pick out military kids usually pretty quick. I was one of those. Military kids. Very orderly. You respond quickly. There's no, uh, there was no one, two, three in my house. I'm telling you right now, there was... It was, do it, or this. <laughs> it is very direct. We ain't counting here. I'm not teaching you how to count. You already know how to count. So you figure that out on your own. I give you one. By two, we're on it. But we don't all, we're not all raised that way. But you can tell kids that uh, are abandoned. You can tell kids that aren't given attention to. You can tell children that are neglected in homes, around their friends, in life. It's the same way spiritually. The environment and the atmosphere that they're in and the attention that they're given is crucial, and it, especially at younger ages. I mean, the second we get someone that says, I want to make Jesus the Lord of my life, we better have a phone number, we better have a contact, we better have uh, you, let's go out to dinner. Let, let's have lunch. You got a Bible? Uh, you know, let's meet regularly. Let, let's do something. We got to have something developed. Do not give birth to a baby and leave them in the hospital to fend for themselves and to figure it out on their own. No, we have to give them proper attention because we become a product of our environment. There are some believers, some Christians that have been believers for 20, 25, 30 years, but they're a product of their environment. No one trains them. And here's the thing, is when you're reborn spiritually, you already have a previous lifestyle and a previous way of living. And you will always refer to that every time. Every time. Well, this is how we used to talk. This is, how I, this is what I used to drink. This, this is the these are the people I used to hang out. You'll always go. You'll always revert back to a previous former lifestyle if we're not given the right attention spiritually. Because we said if you don't feed one, the other becomes 
stronger. And so we have to give the proper attention. Amen? We don't want to stay a baby. Father, we thank you for your word tonight. We thank you that as believers, we understand that we come into the kingdom at a at an early stage, a baby stage, Father. But I thank you that we are a people that desire to grow, a people that desire to develop. We don't want to stay at a baby stage. We don't want to stay at a child. We don't want to stay at any stage, Father. We want to continue to grow, continue to develop, continue to press on to greater things of the kingdom. Every time your uh, apostles address their church, they're always talking about development. They're always talking about growth. They're always talking about the next thing, the next level. And Father, we want to grow in those levels. We want to develop in those levels. We want to go to the next level. I thank you for every individual here, every family. I thank you for the time that they have given to be here. I thank you that they are a blessing to this church, to this ministry, and to the work of the kingdom of God. I thank you, Father, that uh, you bless them. For the time that they have given, you'll redeem the time, Father, the time they've given to be here, to drive here, uh, to take time out of their night uh, when there's so many other things going on to give you our attention. I thank you that we're blessed because we seek first the kingdom of God. All the other things, they come running us down. They come to overtake us because we seek you first, Father. We thank you so much for that tonight in Jesus' name. And everyone said...